On this episode, you will learn the simple process of becoming great. And age, skin color, nationality, nor anything else can stop you if you follow God's process. You can become great if you want it bad enough. It's already in you. Stay tuned. Life was bitter to the core. There was nothing to live for. Until love came. My name is Harold J. Perkins, and at the age of 17, I was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave. While sitting in my house with about 10 guys, God gave me an out-of-body experience, and I was lifted above the room. I could see everything moving in slow motion. After that, I got up and put those guys out, and I cried out to Jesus Christ. He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm excited about getting into this teaching. Let me begin by saying that if you believe in Jesus Christ and have received him as your savior, you have the power in you to become something great. With him in you and the gift that he sent you to earth with, you can become great. All of us have a gift from God in us. Now, most don't know their gift because they're not following the process that God has made available to us to become. It's a simple process that God established in the beginning. So simple and powerful a process that if followed, it cannot be stopped. You can become great in your area of gifting. God created us to dominate on earth, not to just exist. Not dominate over people, but dominate in sports, medicine, business, inventions, and so forth. Whatever God's gift to you is, you can rise to the top in your field. George Washington Carver was a black man who produced over 300 products that came out of a peanut. He excelled with his gift because he tapped into the power of becoming. He had Christ in him and a gift from God. By following God's process to become, he became great. You can do the same. But how bad do you really want it? Do you want it bad enough to become disciplined in following God's process to become? Many say they want greatness but it's all talk. When it comes to becoming consistent and diligent, they endure for but a short while. When challenges and opposition show up, they say this is too hard. Well, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. If you really want it, you can be transformed to be great. You may not see how right now, but when you follow God's process of becoming, the vision he has for your life will come into focus little by little. The Bible says, despise not small beginnings. To become great, it starts small. When you're faithful in the small things, you are on your way to bigger and greater things. Okay, let's get into this and understand this process. We'll start with a principle that God put in place at the beginning of creating the earth. This principle is guaranteed to work as the law of gravity works. Both are principles that God created. All right, let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, and let's look at this. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, 
and the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Notice that God said the seed would produce after its kind. In other words, he is saying that whatever is in the seed, that's the fruit that it will produce. He's also saying its seed is in itself, that not only will it produce fruit that's in the seed, but more seeds would be in it to produce more after its kind. This meant that God would never have to create another tree again. Whatever was in the tree and in the seed, the process would continue. He did the same thing with man. He only had to produce one man and take out of man, woman, and the seed of man in the womb of woman would eventually produce the billions of people that we have on planet earth today. He never had to produce another man. Now, because Adam sinned and ceased being the son of God, he was then the creation of God. And every person produced after him was the son of man. But God wanted to get back into the earth, the sons of God. So what did he do? He followed the same process by putting the seed of God into a virgin named Mary. Mary would give birth to the Son of God who would go through God's process of becoming and do what he was sent to earth to do, die for the sins of the sons of men and go to hell for three days and three nights and then rise from the dead. And those that believe what he did would receive what they needed to become the sons of God. Let's go to John chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. He was in the world, talking about God, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, the Jewish people, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Notice it says, to as many as received him, he gave them the power to become the sons of God. How? By following the same process he established about a seed in the beginning. Listen to 1 John chapter 3, verses 8 and 9 and 10. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this, the children of God are manifested. Notice it said that to as many as received him, he gave them power to become the sons of God. How? God has placed the seed of God, which is Jesus Christ, in every believer that has received Jesus Christ. In seed form, we all have in us Jesus Christ. And in the seed is the power to become all that Jesus was when he walked the earth and all that Jesus is today. If this is not true, God violated a principle that he set in the beginning that a seed will always produce after its kind. This is why we read in the Bible that after this, Jesus sat down. He sat down on the right hand of Father God and said, Father, we did it. We got your seed into the earth. They can now become who you meant for them to be in the beginning, dominating on earth in their area of gifting. But what happened? 
religion came to interrupt this process of becoming, saying things like, oh, you're just an old sinner saved by grace, trying to make heaven your home. What an insult to the powerful thing that God has done. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 14, God told Abraham, in blessing myself, I will bless you. In multiplying myself, I will multiply you. And in order to do this, his son had to die. Dare us say we are just sinners saved by grace when such a high price was paid for God to make us like himself. Now, don't take my word for it. Listen to what the word of God says. I'm going to read verse 9 again. 1 John chapter 3, verse 9 says this. Who, this is not me talking. This is the Bible. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. The seed of God in me cannot sin. Now, my body sinning is another story. But the seed in me cannot sin because no sin is in it. Remember, a seed can only produce after its kind. And if God put this seed in us and this seed can sin, come on, think about it. He said a seed can only produce after its kind. And we just read that we received the seed of God. So if the seed of God in me can sin, now something is wrong. God has violated the principle, and he never does that. If no sin is in the seed, then it cannot produce sin. I know this is not something you've been hearing if you've been around religion for a long time, but it's in the Bible. It's been there all along, but it's been hidden. You know, I'll just say it like this. I, I studied the Bible for over 30 years before I start seeing some of these truths because I had to fight through religion and start looking at this and let God start unveiling this to me to see it for myself. Now, listen to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, actually 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 23, it says this, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now think about this. The seed we received is an incorruptible seed, and we just read it in the Bible. And it said, what we just read said, this seed will live forever. If the seed lives forever, then no sin can get in the seed because it will bring corruption and death. So what should we be producing? See, we got to know what to expect. What should be coming upon us? Listen to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, now this is a capital S, so it's talking about the Holy Spirit. But is it just talking about the Holy Spirit? Because we read and we know that the Holy Spirit, the Father, and Jesus are all one. So whatever's in the Holy Spirit is in the Father. Whatever's in the Father is in the Son. So if we receive the Spirit of Christ, the seed of Christ, then whatever's in the Spirit is in us. And this is the same fruit that we should be producing. Listen to the verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such, there is no law. This is what is on the inside of us. This is the fruit that we should be producing. We should be producing this type of fruit, 
and taking it into our area of gifting and letting the world see God. We should also be doing the same works Jesus did, showing the world the power of God in our area of gifting. Now, you may say, Harold, why is this not happening with more believers? Because they're not following the process of what needs to be done with a seed. A seed needs consistent water and sunshine to become. All the potential to become is already in the seed. You already have greatness in you. With the seed of Christ in you and the seed of your gift that God placed in you when you were born, greatness can come from in you to upon you for all to see. How? Water and sunshine. Listen to Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 and 2. It says, Ho, everyone that thirst, come you to the waters. And he that has no money, come you buy and eat. Yea, Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. You know, all you're going to pay for this is time. He's telling you that this is free. Again, he says, come everyone that thirst, come to the waters. And he that has no money, come you buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? In other words, it's not going to nourish you like, like my word will. And your labor for that which satisfies not. Hearken unto me, and eat you that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. He's telling you that if you'll come to the water, come to the word of God, you can, your soul will become fat and rich, is what he's saying. The water is the word of God, the Bible. The seed in you needs daily water. You see, we don't know all that happens when we give a natural seed water. We just know it needs water. The seed of God in you needs daily water. When you do this, God will reveal your gift, what your gift is inside of you, and he will lead you in you becoming who you were meant to be. Now, it's not overnight, but when you seek God, he will add to your life. Listen to Matthew chapter 6. Verse 24 through 33, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. In other words, you can't serve God and money. Listen to what it continues to say. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic unto his statue? And why take you thought for raiment, for clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. In other words, they don't have a job, but I'm taking care of them. Verse 29, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? 
For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You know, I shared in previous episodes how I was in pursuit of playing professional baseball and nothing was happening. I'm seeking baseball, baseball. But God said, he brought this scripture to me. If you'll seek me, I'll add baseball. And he did. As you seek God in his word, you'll get to know what he said. And knowing what he has said, you'll know what he will do. So when I began to read the Bible every day and I began to pray, God's word came alive and God performed his word in my life. God will always honor his word as you believe it. And his word will build faith in your heart and you'll find yourself believing for bigger things. Your mind will begin to think like God and God's thoughts are higher thoughts than ours. And the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. When your mind is changed to think like what God has placed in the seed in you, impossible things will be possible to you. You know, as I remember where God has brought me from, it's so beyond growing up in one of the toughest places in the United States. I grew up in Compton and in Watts and Los Angeles and in some of the toughest places. Actually, like I said, where the, where the, the it was actually where the Crips and the blood first started. And at the same time that they started, people were dying all around me. And to have experienced what I have is a testimony to the power of the word of God. My thinking and mentality has been changed by the word of God. And yet still, I'm believing for far bigger things. You have no idea who you can become when you take time to read God's word on a daily basis. And with the word, we need the sunshine of God's presence in prayer and praise, and worship. About five years ago, I had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. In the encounter, he said, and I quote, the seed of glory in you needs the sunshine of my presence with a fresh desire for him, end of quote. In prayer and worship, we draw from the presence of God just like a natural seed draws from the sun. We don't know all that the seed is getting, but we know the sun is helping it to become. So it is in God's presence. The Bible says that God is light and we need his light to become. Nothing is more valuable than the presence of God. It's so valuable that King David said, I only want one thing. Listen to what he said in Psalms 27, verse four. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. We have the one thing that David desired, access to God in prayer and worship. Worship is our highest privilege. My life went to another level when I started worshiping God on another level. He started revealing truth from the Bible that I had not seen in the previous 30 years of studying the Bible. The Bible says that God will reveal his truth to his friends. And worship takes us to another level of being God's friend. We will begin to see other facets of who God is that will enable us to be a reflection of him. God never fails. And when we draw from his presence, we will never fail. We will be transformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ, becoming the manifested sons of God all over the earth, doing the works 
that Jesus did, manifesting as the sons of God in our area of gifting. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode.